I feel like I have to start giving people like a little warning. I start listening to a podcast where they just have the cutest Southern accents. And so I'm just going to throw out some y'alls and sweet baby boys. <laughs> You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hello, David. Hello. How are you doing? Doing well. How about you? Doing well, doing well. So we don't have but a little bit over a week left for our Nacho Kids giveaway. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Coming up quickly? Yes. And you were talking about the Barbados Day? Yes. Would you like to tell people about it? No. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, you can go to nachokids.com slash giveaway for more information. But we are giving away a stay at the Barbados Resort for those who are members of the Academy, the Nacho Kids Academy, or the Nacho Club. So don't have to do anything other than just be members of one of those and you are entered to win. Yes. Anybody that is a member... On May 31st, 2021, will be entered into the giveaway. Yep. And for more details, go to where I told you. <laughs> Notchakids.com slash giveaway. Yes. All right. We also had some exciting things happen on Stepmother's Day. Mm, yes, we did. We released the Stepmom View. Finally. Finally. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Ooh. Yeah. A lot of work for the people that were involved on our panel, mm -hmm. a lot of work for sweet little Lori, yeah. and, and a lot, a lot of work for David. Sweet little David. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got, I mean, these five people on the panel, of course, including you, spent over 13 hours answering stepmom questions. Oh, it was more than that. That's what the edited version the, is. Oh, the edited down version is 13 hours. Wow. Yes. So, yeah, tons and tons and tons of time put into this resource. So, if you want to have access to five step family experts answering 26 Six. Mm -hmm. of the most asked and most challenging step family questions, the burning questions, go to stepmomview.com and sign up. Yep. You can scroll to the bottom to see a preview of two questions that we answered, or you can sign up and get all 26 and have unlimited access. Yep. There is an early bird special that will end on May the 23rd at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> and the early bird special is $97 for all 13 hours of content. Mm-hmm. After May the 23rd at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the price will go up to $197. Yeah, still a deal for the, I mean, do the math. <laughs> yeah, if you break it down per hour, you can't even pay a copay of 20 bucks and talk to a counselor for an hour. Well, not just per hour, but think about that. It's, it's per hour across five different experts. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I didn't do the math, but it's less than I pay for a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, you drink some expensive coffee. I sure do, because I'm a coffee snob. So I don't know if we announced who was on the panel, but we will do that quickly. On the panel for season one, the step family experts include myself, 
Lori Sims from Nacho Kids, Laura Petherbridge, The Smart Stepmom, Melanie Anthony with Stepmoms Alive, Heidi Farrell with Not Just a Stepmom, and Heather Hetchler with Learning to Step. All right. Okay. So I did the math. <laughs> you did the math? Yeah. It's like three bucks an hour. That's at the early bird special price. Oh, no, that's full price. No. You're, you're paying, yeah. You're paying $3 an hour for 13 hours worth of content across five different people. For $197? Yeah. That doesn't seem right, David. No, that can't be right. $197 divided by 13 is at least 10. Mm-hmm. You said $3 an hour. $197 divided by 13 divided by five. Oh, but it's not $3 an hour per person. I don't talk for an hour. Well, I mean, I do. Yeah, you do. Across the questions. I saw the videos. You yapping the whole time. You're, you're, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> okay. So for normal price, it's $15 an hour. All right. We'll go with that. Okay. Still. And then for the early bird special, dun, 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 it's $7.46 an hour. Wow. And I can promise you what you are hearing is from our heart because we have been in the trenches. You can even see on our faces that this is still hard for some of us to talk about. And we will make you laugh <laughs> because laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, and, you know, you are also wanting to make this a, you know, an ongoing thing. Like yes. there's a season two. Yes, there's a season two coming at some point. That you're already talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, geez, we just released season one. You're talking about season two. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people should do like we do with movies on TV. You like, you wait till you get like three seasons in, and then you just binge watch the mess out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if you're binge watching a bunch of stepmom stuff, <laughs> why are you laughing? Because we have people that join the academy and they're like, you know, they've been there a week and they're like, I've watched everything twice. And I'm like, wow. Yes. It's impressive. crazy and impressive. And it's like, you go, <laughs> you are not playing around. Well, that's what I'm thinking. The way that you were saying it came across as you were, you're pathetic. If you're binge watching, then no, it's stuff. like you superhero. Yeah. Jumping out there. Like I'm going to make this happen. That's right. <laughs> so check it out. Stepmomview.com. Take advantage of the early bird special because it will go away. Just like your sanity. If you don't get it. <laughs> Just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about our guest today. Yes, let's please do. Our guest today is personal space lover. Oh. She has been blending three and a half years. She has three stepdaughters, stepdaughter 13, stepdaughter 11, and stepdaughter eight. Now you know why she needs her personal space. Stepdaughter eight is not her husband's child biologically. Okay. So that's all I'm saying about that. She the neighbor's kid? No. Okay. It might have been the milkman. I don't know. Okay. So you have to listen to find out. All right. Okay. I'm ready. Is that it? Is that all you can give me about That's it? That's all I'm going to give you today. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's listen to a word about the Nacho Kids Academy and get into our interview with personal space lover. <laughs> David, that just sounded <laughs> gross. That was my Nightly FM DJ voice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
there is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have personal space lover. Hey, personal space lover, how are you? Hi, Lori. How are you? Doing well. Good. Tell us a little bit about you and your blend. All right. Well, so I am 37. My husband is 35. We have uh, been together for three and a half years. We have had his three girls with us, living with us full time for three years. It was not fun planning a COVID wedding. And I still kind of have <laughs> traumatic feelings towards what is supposed to be a lovely day. It was still a lovely day. But anyways, yeah, that, that was not fun. Blending. And I found you guys at the right time because it was rough in like August of last year. So, oh, and sorry, we have three um, stepdaughters. So, or I have three stepdaughters, uh, stepdaughter 13, stepdaughter 11, and stepdaughter 8. Stepdaughter 8 is a little unique in that she is actually not DH's or dear husband's biological daughter. She is a, a dalliance outside of the marriage uh, while they were married. She was a what? A dalliance. Uh, she is a... I know what you're saying, but I've never heard that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to admit to, I have, I was born an 80 year old woman. My husband admits that he married an 80 year old woman and loves that about me. And so I will use old words and yes. Well, that's fine, but I'm going to ask you what they mean. <laughs> okay. That's okay. all right. <laughs> if I can't figure it out by the context clues, I'm going to ask. Okay. Yeah. She's a love child. So... Oh, sweet baby. Yeah. And she, I mean, she really is. They all are. Um, they're all pretty unique personalities. But yeah, so um, my husband is her guardian. And, but for all intents and purposes is her dad. There you go. Yeah. So you said that y'all been blending about three and a half years. How long ago did you get married? Oh, we got married six months ago. So, um, or yeah, seven months now, I guess. Yeah. So it feels like. We were that couple that like three months into our relationship, people would ask us like, how long have you guys been together? Or how long have you been married? And we're like, oh, we've been dating three months and we still bicker and push each other's buttons mm -hmm. like we did from day one. So uh, yeah, it, it can feel longer, but yeah, we, we've been together three and a half years and married seven. So when you and DH got together and y'all were dating, he already had his kids full time? He did. So I like to say that I had done my own therapy for like many years before I met him. And then I inherited all of this chaos. So he, when I met him, he had been divorced for about a year and he had full custody of the kids. So our high conflict bio mother is bipolar and she had had a major bipolar episode that she lost custody of the kids. So they were separated, getting divorced. According to him, she didn't even have like visitation for six months to a year. I don't, he, he's kind of sketchy on the, the details because I think there was so much going on that it's hard for him to keep track of the timeline. But like when she 
first start, started getting supervised visits, she like took the kids into the bathroom to have a private conversation and which was against supervised visits. So I don't even think she got to see them for like another six months on top of that. So actually, when I first started dating him, that was when she had just gotten approval to have them for her every other weekend. And so that same custody arrangement has remained where she gets them every other weekend and they're supposed to share holidays upon their mutual agreement. It is the most vaguely written clause I've seen in a divorce agreement because what the (laughs) heck does that mean? And I don't even know how they have avoided not going back to court. I think it's just the lack of funds. Neither has really wanted to you know, pay for attorneys. So yeah, but I feel it coming at some point in the future, but he had them for the longest time, but he was living two doors down from his dad and stepmom and, you know, a little small town. And when she was out of the picture, when they finally separated for the last time and divorce papers were filed. His dad and stepmom were helping him quite a bit because he was working two full-time jobs. And so they would help with like taking the girls to school and they slept at that house and he just slept at the house. And that was also the, where the, the major bipolar incident had happened that involved police and ex-wife making some threats I probably shouldn't go into details about but mm-hmm. yeah, let's um, not. <laughs> yeah they're <laughs> the things that these children if they knew the truth it's uh I, I I think their little little brains can't handle it and it's amazing but so he had a very involved stepmom who was a very active grandma two doors down and she was helping a lot and so you know as I've been working the academy I've uh, identified a lot of these guilty parent syndrome and Disneyland dad and I have to say now he's not really so much of a Disneyland dad but he definitely had people there ready and willing to step up and help him parent when bio mom just couldn't do it so even before they got married and were they, they were together about five years before they got married they had stepdaughter 13 I think stepdaughter 11 was about one or two when they got officially married. And bio mom just has this history of, you know, it's really hard to be a mom and I'm just going to go check out for a few months. And she would just go visit a relative in another state or um, just kind of disappear for a little bit and maybe come grab the girls for a weekend. And I think they've forgotten a lot of this because she has had a few years of stability now. They forget that mom would like just check out. But anyways, DH, uh, he or husband, he had his dad and stepmom that were there to kind of help him when it was just too much. And she would kind of check out for a little bit. So, you know, then he finds me and here I am wanting to be, okay, well, we're probably not going to have kids together. So these are going to be, you know, I'm going to throw all my energy into these kids and fill that mom role when they're here and mom can be mom when they're at mom's house. And it does not work. (laughs) So yeah, it caused so much conflict. I lost my ever-loving mind doing that. So uh, it made the time leading up to us getting married really stressful 
where I think just the heightened stress of that, but then bio mom goes through periods of wanting to be more involved. And then I think there's some element of like her bipolar nature. And it's, I have no hard feelings or judgments against people with bipolar or other mental illnesses. I suffer from depression myself. So, you know, it's, it's not a judgment on my end regarding that, but just through my own experiences and loved ones who I've had that deal with bipolar is that no matter how like managed it is, you still kind of have cycles of more um, erratic behavior at times and then things will calm down and they may not be like full-blown episodes or anything like that, but it still makes being on the other side of it and or on the receiving end of their moods (laughs) difficult difficult for all of us. So it's certainly every day I feel like is a roller coaster. And I've just realized I just have to roll with the punches of what that day is. How long has it been since you joined the Academy? Officially, I joined it in January. Well, December 26th. So I only know that because I was like, oh, yep, day after Christmas. This sounds about right. (laughs) We're like, (laughs) we're going in hardcore now. So yes. So about four months. Mm Mm-hmm. And what do you feel like has improved with your relationship since you started the Nacho Kids Academy? And what do you think has gotten worse? Okay. So I think what's improved is that generally I have calmed down a lot in terms of, I think a lot of like my, like I'll fully admit I'm a high conflict stepmom. Mm-hmm. I don't see too many of us referring to ourselves as that in the academy, but I'll say, yep, that's what I was and I'm trying not to be. So I think what's improved is that I've just chilled out quite a bit and that has like let the kids chill out a little bit too in terms of like they're they don't fight so much like the house rules that we have Mm -hmm. so that's improved also so i feel like every podcast or like every little nacho advice should come with this disclaimer like the first sentence of do not tell your husband you're nachoing (laughs) it will not go well (laughs) so like a few months before we got married i'm like oh babe like i found this nacho academy and i'm gonna nacho the kids and it's gonna be great because here's me thinking like we need to call off this wedding like i don't know that i can do this i didn't I just can't. And yeah, so he didn't really respond that well to that. (laughs) And then it was later on, I think after we got married, he had said that that was a knife to the heart. And I was like, whoa, I I mean, I knew he didn't like it, but I didn't. And and that was just me like talking about it. I wasn't full out naturally or anything like that. So yeah, if you can come up with a strategy to explain naturally when it is appropriate or maybe never, maybe never is appropriate to explain naturally to your husband. And that is okay. <laughs> okay. When you choose to explain naturally to your husband, first of all, you have to make sure that it is not a time when you're pissed off or that he's pissed off. Mm-hmm. And granted, I know we all have stress, but in the middle of an argument, you don't go, I'm not showing your kids. Mm-hmm. It's all about presentation. And I'm not saying this to be manipulative. When you point out to him the benefits of not showing for your benefit, your stepkids' benefit, his benefit, 
and the benefit of the entire blend and your kids, what neighbor's kids, whatever you have around you, then sometimes they don't look at it so harshly. Mm -hmm. When you come across and say, not my kids, not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got shirts and people give me looks, (laughs) but it's true, you know, and that's the thing is everybody makes a big deal about it, but it's true. Mm -hmm. When you approach them with it, there's a blog that I wrote and it's 10 benefits, I believe, of the step-parent nachoing for the bio-parent. Yeah. Oh, and don't you believe that I didn't try to clean up this mess after the fact of like, so I screenshotted those 10 steps or the 10 benefits. And I was like, babe, this is why I'm doing it. And so like, I've had to kind of like, he was very much a not used to this whole, not used to therapy, not used to all your personal life is something you work on, not that you just let happen. And, uh, So everything has got to be a strategy of like, when is the right time to explain something to him? And every time I try to like stick in one more little nugget of, okay, this is, this will sink in here. And I try not to overwhelm him. I'm like, just here's this little bit. And so, yeah. Oh, but it's been like six or seven plus months of trying to say, hey, so it's not like what you thought. It's not a knife to the heart. And I see him getting more on board with nachoing because I don't I don't fully nacho I don't it's not like I ignore the kids or I shouldn't say ignore the kids I was gonna say girl nachoing is not ignoring right right so it, well <laughs> sometimes you have some people who think I don't know I should have never have started looking at that f- Facebook group because sometimes yeah but uh but see that's the thing is people are like well I'd rather get free advice mm-hmm. instead of join the academy but you see the difference It's night and day. Oh, for sure. It is. It is. I have to say, so anybody on the fence, in all reality... If you can find the money for it, it's not like it's it's horribly expensive, but I understand people have like tight budgets. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden I'm paying for three kids that, you know, because uh, don't get me started on child support. I told David, I would have paid Mr. Butler a buttload of money because he saved my marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I can save your marriage. I'm just telling you that the tools that we share can help you get in a much better place not just in your blend, but in your life in general. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm not going to make a sales pitch. Oh, yeah. So but I, I'll do the sales pitch. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> you go right ahead because you'll be better at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was that person like beforehand who I was like, oh, I'm just going to listen to the podcast and all of that. But then like, you, you do like when you work the challenges, like the, the boot camp was amazing because there's some elements of this that like, okay, yeah, I was able to pick that up through the podcast. But then when you're actually working it, it's not like it's like that hard to do the actual boot camp part of it, applying it to your life. Sure. Yeah, that's hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not like it's this huge time commitment to do that. But yeah, you just have all these resources and you guys have made these cute little videos. I say cute, <laughs> not like, you know, it's not going to make you nauseous, but like I was telling you, like, I'm just the biggest fan of, I love listening to the way that you and David banter because that gives me hope that that reminds me of the beginning of our relationship um, with, you know, my husband. And, you know, we have more of those fun light times coming Mm -hmm. back into our relationship. It's not all serious and negativity and you know you're failing me this way and I'm failing you that way and like the weight of the world isn't always there we have time to just push each other's buttons and Mm -hmm. laugh (laughs) 
So and you have to laugh. Yeah, you do because this uh, this crap isn't fun uh, a lot of the time, but there's a lot of hope. So, and when I hear how bad it was for you guys and then how strong you guys seem now, I'm like, yeah, okay. It's like, this is, this is definitely worth it. And we, we got to try this because I'm not one to give up. And it's interesting. You see, or I've really seen that we come into these relationships with such different perspectives. And I think we lose sight of that when we get so hung up on, well, you know, you did this and you're not doing that. And why'd you let her get away with that? And every response is so stewed and it's not personal to me. It is 30 plus years of his history tied up in like his response to something that's a trigger for me at that moment. And I just got to let it go and not be like, oh, this relationship is doomed. Give this man some space to respond and deal with it on his way. He hasn't had the eight plus years of therapy that you had. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he's had two weeks. So calm down, give him space. So yeah, it's been really hopeful and we have really rough days. I have really rough days, but yeah, it's the most hopeful that I've, I've been and I think we will make it. And yes, you are going to make it. We are, we are. It's just, we're at a crux of like a really difficult time that we have three teenagers and almost teenagers and girls. And I'm I was a <laughs> jerk. So these girls are amazing compared to when I was eight. And I look at the eight-year-old and her sassy little mouth. That was me. She's going to be a devil. I just know it. Gearing myself up. Just appreciate the good times because they're not lasting. Right. <laughs> There's going to be some bad times. And that would be regardless of if we were blending or not. That would be... My parents are still together, unhappily, but I mean, still together. Uh, Oh, that's great. (laughs) Well, yeah, 46 years or something like that. But So you said that you don't nacho 100% or nacho supreme, as we call it. Yeah. So what do you nacho and what do you not nacho? I nacho the schoolwork and how they're performing. So I will help them stay involved with in communication with teachers in terms of there's a little fundraiser or you're supposed to do this you're supposed to do that mom will step up our bio mom will step up bringing treats to the valentine's day party okay great wonderful but there's just a lot of like little stuff dad could care less so to me that that's really important and i can remember because that would have hurt my feelings as a kid so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let because their parents that's not important to their parents there's an adult in the household who doesn't mind to a certain degree of like helping them stay involved with school spirit and school activities Mm -hmm. i'm fine with that right because it doesn't cause you stress exactly but what causes me stress is stepdaughter 11's grades stepdaughter eight is very very bright but you can just see like the beginnings of some personality well I'm just going to try and get away with what I can get away with because I am smart and I can't stepdaughter 13 was doing remote schooling and got onto the truancy list because the kid would miss her piano class and I'm like you gotta be kidding me we're not doing this this is 
that just uh, the straight A student who was all about getting good grades and all of that, I can't get involved in school performance and whether they're doing homework and all that. So our house rules are pretty basic is pretty much just clean up after yourself. If you were eating, you got to clean it up. You got if the dirty dishes, you have dirty dishes, you got to put them in the sink or put them in the dishwasher. It all depends on, you know, is the dishwasher clean and you can't eat in the living room because they leave a mess. And maybe one day they can eat in the living room again, but nope, can't do that. That's not against the house rules. And, and they're pretty good. I don't really have to punish them or anything or like enforce consequences. The consequences are pretty much, you just have to go do, you have to go clean up after yourself. And so if they don't clean up after themselves, you see a mess that little Susie made, regardless of which little Susie it is. Do you tell them you need to clean your mess up? I will say that, yep. You know, who was eating this or come do this. If they don't do it, the pretty easy consequence is that they love to play outside or the stepdaughter 11 and stepdaughter 8 do. So they have to come inside and do that and then they can go back outside. If they continue, there's just some days where they're just in moods where, all right, we're just going to leave this for dad to deal with or husband. And it just may be something of, I just need to zone out and this is not my problem right now. I may come like, so dishes in the sink drive me batty. And um, I've gotten better at, well, you know, I can fall asleep at the end of the day with uh, a sink full of dirty dishes because you know what, my husband's going to do them tomorrow or somebody else is going to do them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, maybe I will end up doing it if I have time, but I'm not going to do it in a hissy fit because it's just not worth it. It's just not worth my sanity. So we're just just going to walk away from it. You know what? If you're not in the room, you don't see it. It's a little easier to forget about it. <laughs> and, and that's right. It's yeah. you can choose how you let things affect you. Mm-hmm. When they do something, if you tell them to do it and they don't do it, you just kind of let it go because you're like, look, it's not worth the negative energy, the anger, taking away from other things, stealing my joy yeah. of fighting over the dishes. Right, exactly. Now, some people are going to say, well, what about, do you have to remind your husband? Do you have to tell him the dishes aren't done? You need to do them in the morning? Or do you just let it go and he sees them and he does them? When I first started not doing, I I didn't quite grasp the nuance of you don't have to tell your husband every little thing. He started to realize that, oh, she's really not going to do it. And so it was more, um, he kind of has taken it upon himself to figure out like he may do it or he may have one of the kids do it. That's his choice. I don't care as long as it's not you. Exactly. We consider ourselves from the get go because there was like a two year period that we were all living together that we weren't like officially married or anything like that. And uh, so I grew up in a very sports oriented family. So we call ourselves team something, something. It's mm-hmm. a, a combination of our uh, our two last names because I, I didn't change my last name. And uh, it's totally ridiculous, but it is our thing. And we call ourselves a team. And mm-hmm. so it is a team atmosphere of or team mentality of there are certain things that need to get done for our team to work and everyone to have clean clothes and the dog taken care of and you know just the household to run as smoothly as it's going to. And 
I have found when we come at it from a point of, all right, let's help our team work together. That is far more effective than how come you can't remember to do this? And, you know, come on, like the dog needs food or it's just, hey, team, we need to spend 10, 15 minutes getting the house a little picked up and then we can go back to doing our own thing. Mm -hmm. And they respond really well to that. But are you more of the enforcer of that or the come on team, let's get this done kind of thing? Or is it dad or is it both? As I've nachoed, he has really stepped up quite a bit. He is actually parenting a whole lot more than he used to. He actually also has, uh, so he works a a second job that's part-time in the evenings and He knows that I can't stand that, that I want him home. I want him to be with us, to be there for his kids. And uh, so he is a lot more motivated on the days that he's not working that second job to alleviate my stress because he knows that that's the ticket to him continuing to work his second job. So that has helped as well. So do you still cook for the kids? Do their laundry. I will cook for the kids. And it all depends on like, I'm a pretty decent cook, but my husband will be more of, oh, it's Monday night. I'm going to barbecue ribs and whatever. And I'll be like, you're crazy because I think grilled cheese is amazing right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A 15 minute dinner sounds great. Not having to spend four hours smoking ribs and all that. Yes. But um, but that's his choice. And I think he's starting to learn like, hey, maybe that's not a good idea to start the week totally exhausted from making one dinner. So I I will cook for the kids. It all kind of depends upon, again, this this team mentality of, okay, if he's having to shuffle kids around from a bunch of different sports on any given night. You help each other. Exactly. So it's not about like, I'm doing this for these damn kids and blah, blah, blah. It is, okay, well, he's doing that and I don't want to be doing it. So you know what? Yeah, I can cook dinner. Stepdaughter eight has a little bit of, she used to have really bad control issues over food. Uh, It's gotten a lot better, but she still is our picky one. And I don't deal with that. So she knows that there's things that she can go into the, like alternatives on any given Uh time. She can make a cheese and, you know, salami sandwich or, and, you know, some vegetables and that those are her options, but I'm not catering to it. If DH, uh, if dear (laughs) husband wants to, uh, he can, if I'm in the mood for it, fine. But if it stresses me out, no, I'm not doing it. He has been doing more of their laundry because there's a lot of clean clothes that mysteriously end up in the laundry and I'm not, I can't, it just, it's pushes my buttons. So I found a bathing suit in the dirty clothes like earlier this week. And you know, for kids who haven't gone swimming in eight months or whatever it's been, it's really surprising to me that the same bathing suit has showed up in the dirty laundry for the third time now since Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Like what the heck is going on with this bathing suit? And it's the kid who's not the outdoorsy. What just but here's the thing in the Facebook group, they'll say, throw it away. Yeah. Just throw it away. <laughs> so, so yeah, so there was a point on Tuesday and I was just stepdaughter 13's bathing suit. Once again, in the dirty clothes, this really perplexes me. I honestly want to find out how is this happening? And, and, and no one would cop to it. So, okay, no one's admitting to how this bathing suit is mysteriously showing up here. So I'm just letting you know. 
I'm not doing anybody's laundry this week. So talk to your dad if you need something to be cleaned. I just, I can't. And they know, I think they, they know that me and their dad do their laundry and they know that I have certain things. Take your underwear out of your pants. Come on. I don't want to have to touch your dirty underwear. You guys are growing just those little things. So yeah, I've just been kind of removing myself more from that. And part of me does feel guilty, but then when I do do, I have no problem doing my husband's laundry, but there's, if I feel like it, sure, I'll do it. But I don't feel obligated to do it anymore. Right. So, And next time you find the bathing suit or you find anything like that, even though you're not doing laundry, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Don't react to it. Yeah. Because you're not showing, but you're still... You're, you still got upset when you found the bathing suit. And I know it's a process. You know it's a process. You've been in the academy long enough to know. It is. And so when you find those things, don't react to them. They're meaningless. They're yeah. not worth 15 seconds of, who put this in there? Oh, nobody's going to admit it's theirs. Nobody's going to fess up. And I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong, so don't take it that way. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. Once you get to that point that you see the bathing suit and it doesn't make you mad, you are there, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better yet, when you can look at it and laugh, you have won the game. Yeah. I would say I'm like, on any given day, 60 to 80% there. <laughs> because this was more, uh, I just, I'm perplexed. Like, how I just, this baffles me. We live in Northern Illinois. Where are we wearing this bathing suit? <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is going on? So it was, it was a big step for me and not having like a total flip out or anything. But Oh, well, I know you're making great progress. I know you are. I see it. Yeah. I, I'm really, my, um, my biggest hangup has been the, all these feelings towards Biomom and the negativity they bring up in me. Because as I've started to natural, like I feel like I've come to like a really good place with, yeah, they, they do need to have as loving of a relationship with their mom as possible. And I don't want to get in the way of that. And I know me saying negative things is awful and mm -hmm. I can't do that. And I've gotten a lot better, but I just have such an issue. It's like, she's, she's such a not a good person. It's, there's so many factual things behind it. And there are things that like, I can't tell them the things that I know because. No, you can't. Yeah. But I mean, and I think in the Academy and some of my posts, I've talked about defrauding the government, just so many things that you're just, oh, and I see it happening now. So she's in a relationship that I think the her fiance, they're going to have her, like they're focusing instead of getting married, they're focusing on the fiance adopting her fourth little one who's two and a half. And, and I just want to tell this woman, run away because you know why that's your folk or her focus? It's because she wants the child support mm -hmm. <laughs> you just end. But there's she, so when they got divorced, there's a bare minimum in child support. I think it was, my, my husband agreed to even less than that. So what she is paying, what she should be paying per week, we spend more in the kit and stepdaughter 11's tutoring to help get her caught up to her grade level, hopefully, fingers crossed. And so I just wish just that personal accountability. And, you know, one of the huge things that I heard in the podcast is, you know, step parents, they feel responsibility towards the stepkids, whereas bio parent feels 
that overwhelming love. And so, you know, I see these this responsibility and to me, it feels like she feels none of it. Um, I get it if you don't have my, but even if it was 50 bucks, something to have some pride and I'm trying to take care of my kids or I feel like so much of that would just dissolve for me. So excited. We thought she had a job and no, she didn't. She just had some of her federal income or federal refunds garnished. And so then it was, oh, great. So this woman really has no intention of ever helping to contribute. And and like, I feel nothing but responsibility towards these guys. I shouldn't say I, I, I feel love too, but. Right. But you feel like that you're pulling more weight for kids that aren't yours than their own bio parent is. Yeah. With the same kind of rationale when it comes to my approach to their school, I'm going to make sure that they that they feel connected to their school and they get to participate. That's not an issue for me. And then, you know, all three of them need braces and knock on wood, the oldest, hers are going to come off pretty soon here. But here's me. I'm the one who's trying to figure out how we pay for the next two sets when BioMom didn't contribute anything to the oldest. And, you know, in her expert opinion, well, they don't need braces. Great. Well, did you even bother talking to the dentist or the orthodontist or, you know, even following up with them at all? Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. So. Well, here's the thing. You've got to nacho her. Yeah. Yeah. Retake the boot camp challenge and substitute by a mom for the step kids and the activities. Oh, that's a good idea. Because right now she's your source of most of your stress. Because I can tell just talking to you about it. Yeah, it is. She's not going to change. She's not going to step up and be mama. The finances, yes, is stressful on you. It's very stressful. They are not your kids. Some people could say, those are not my kids, and your husband would have to get a third job to pay for whatever they need. But if you and your husband agree to have your money together, that's, of course, something that's going to fall on you. Yeah. And I remember with the dentist, with David, because if you have cavities and you got four kids and oh, Lord. So, Mm -hmm. of course, it stressed me out because it was a lot of money. Right. But in a marriage, if you decide to have your finances together, you pull different weight at different times. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so there's been times where I've pulled more of the weight than David and vice versa. And you do what it takes to take care of the kids. But it's also one of those things, too. The girls know that their mom doesn't help with it because I think she has said stuff. Oh, your dad's just going to drink it away and, you know, whatever. I know she's just said stuff. I know she said that specific comment. And how do you know that? The girls have said that. They have said that mom thinks that dad just drinks her child support money. So yeah, because she doesn't want to pay it. Mm -hmm. So as like the whole, so what I feel bad about is, you know, so stepdaughter 11, she's in the middle and she often just, I don't know, it's just the curse of being a middle child, but her teeth are not quite as bad as little stepdaughter eight girl just needs more more room in her mouth. And so there's a slight chance that if we can get expanders in there, that maybe we could prevent braces. So once again, stepdaughter 11, who's probably the most responsible out of them all, and you just know she'll take care of her teeth the rest of her life, is the one who's just started crying when we said we might have to do stepdaughter eight first and then wait a little bit and start her. And you're just, this kills me. This kills me. Like these kids don't deserve that. But anyways, so yeah, I, I, I like your suggestion of doing the nacho boot camp with just thinking of bio mom, because I mean, it's to the point 
where I don't go to soccer games anymore or just in the past few months decided I just, I can't even stand being in the vicinity of her Mm -hmm. because she is just, it is all about the money with her. And, you know, here's me who, these kids are my choice. My husband is gladly my choice. These kids are my choice. But every choice, you know, when you talk about how, you know, with when you're working the academy, you know, work to save your marriage because this one ends. If you get your next relationship is most likely going to be same problem, just different characters, different actors. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're you're going to be blending again. And so put the effort into this one. And so I feel like that's, you know. of our choices in life is what are you going to, it's coming to peace with, well, I made this choice. And so now, you know, how do I make the best of what that choice is? And and these kids and my husband, they're gladly my choice. And, but that still came at the sacrifice of we're not going to have our baby. I'm never going to experience, you know, I think it'd be amazing to have known what it was like to grow a baby in you and all of that. And, you know, so here I am, I feel like making a pretty selfless choice for our blend, for my husband and our relationship, because as hard as these three are, I am not signing up for another 18 years from the get go. (laughs) Like, want my house back? Let Um, me ask you this. So do you want kids five years ago? Did you want kids or not? Um, I wanted them as an option. I knew kids would be part of my life in some way. So if I wasn't going to find a man that I actually wanted to procreate with, that I would have probably adopted or done like a foster to adopt situation. And just kind of knowing that we all don't get the perfect choice in life and that there are a lot of really good choices that may not be what you dreamed of when you were 10 years old or something like that. So So did you and DH decide you didn't want to have kids together? He has a, he's been snipped. So we'd have to pay to have that reversed. And then I'm a little bit older than he is. I'm still, I think, plenty young enough to have a baby. I'm 37. Mm -hmm. But so there'd be like reversing his me then see I don't you know I am older maybe it would take me longer I don't think I'd want to deal with the stress of trying and then the stress of as I've been in the academy I see how much more conflict it's different it's different challenges yeah yes so I'm not saying that it's not a worthy option or that I'm not discouraging other people that really want to have all of theirs. But my mental health and my sanity is more important to me. And I just, I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want to, the stress of trying. I don't want 18 plus years of, of that. <laughs> like I wasn't sure because yeah. of the way you said it, if you yeah. had decided not to have kids because of the stepkids, because we see no. that a lot. And we also see where a lot of people end up regretting that. Yeah. So yeah. the way that you said it, I'm like, oh, I think she, does she want a baby? Does she not? You know, what What made you come to that decision that yeah. y'all weren't going to have a kid? And was it based off of the stepkids? N- no. Yeah. So it's not based off of, of them and the conflict they bring. It's just more of the, even though I'm not a parent, they have their two parents. 
I feel like I am acting enough like a parent and these three, the energy that I contribute towards helping their parents and raising them is plenty. So, you know, I try to think, okay, on my deathbed, am I going to regret not having a biological child? And I don't think so because these, these three are plenty enough. And so I'm one of four siblings and you can be all raised exactly the same and we're all different, but we've got you know, one brother that has significant more issues, kind of like your sister. I'm sorry. I think the one that passed away Mm -hmm. that just, they just, they've just got life is tougher for some people. And so I can see that I think the potential for just adding more stress to what we've got going now, it's more important to me to try to have as healthy and positive of a blend in a family with the people that I have chosen versus a biological child. I think it would have been amazing, but it's not a choice that I feel like there's always going to be that maybe small twinge of regret that it just wasn't in the cards. But at the same time, I don't want to do the, okay, now I had this baby and this is really stressful. This is this is a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's, it just takes a stress that we've been learning to manage and then just blows it up into <laughs> something. Here's this whole nother issue. So I'm, I'm happy with the choices that I've made. And so I, I think where I was trying to go with this is that it frustrates me with bio mom that how she can make these choices that hurt her children and they don't even know that it hurts them as much as it does because I think they just do that self-preservation technique of, oh, well, if I don't acknowledge this is a problem, then it's not a problem. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, stick your head in the sand. It just infuriates me that she's given this gift of not only these three girls, but then she has her son and she just treats people like pawns. And Lori, you know, I hear these stories about, or I read these stories where, you know, people have such stressful relationships with their their stepchildren. And I don't have that in that there's some days I don't like them. <laughs> right, right. There's days you don't like your husband. Oh, well, yeah, there's more of those. But, uh, <laughs> but get what these little girls did for me on Wednesday. So they know that I like it quiet. I don't like it when they're screaming outside and I'll yell in front of the neighbors. The neighbors don't want to hear you screaming either. So, you know, take it down a few notches. And so they just, they just know that I like things calm because I'll say I'm going to read in bed. Mm -hmm. And so I make them dinner and, you know, they're having a lovely day. So they say, personal space lover, come out to the living room. We have we have a spa night for you. These girls had put on spa music on YouTube. They had candles going. They had it dark. They had me sit in the, the little chase lounge. I'd have been afraid that my stepkids were going to kill me. <laughs> oh, no. not. And then here's me like, what do they want? It's the end of the day. They yes. can't want to go and play outside. But well, then they had a cold towel for my forehead. Had chloroform on it, girl. It had chloroform on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's when they're teenagers and they want to go out. So they're still little enough. And so they did that. And then so one's giving me a hand massage. One's doing the forehead massage. They're like, follow the arrows to the the spa. And they put up construction paper arrows. And then it was so cute. So it was supposed to say calming room. But the eight-year-old has a little bit of a spelling issue. And it said clamming room. Oh, (laughs) that's cute. It was so darn cute. And 
there was no ulterior motive. They just wanted to do something nice. And I'm like, girls, you have really replicated being in a spa. So kudos to you. This is very calming. And thank you. I really appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. The stresses they bring are little kid stresses or just the raising of children stresses. I've never gotten a, you're not my mom or anything like that. So I'm super lucky to have the three stepdaughters that I do. It's just, we lack that maternal bond. That you shouldn't have because they're not your kids. Exactly. Exactly. So just the biggest thing I've walked away from with being in the academy is acknowledging that, yes, it's okay that they feel like a responsibility more than love a lot of times because that's how step parents feel towards them. And it's okay. It's okay that some days I don't feel that love or I don't even like them. Mm -hmm. Giving myself that permission to not say that Disneyland crap of, oh, you have to love them like they're your own and (laughs) blah, blah, blah. I don't know what that is. But every once in a while, I get a little glimpse of, oh, this is what parents feel, but they feel it maybe once a day. Whereas I get it once every few months where that just, your heart is just. Oh, girl, I get it multiple times a day. Do you? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. But there's days that some days we go without. (laughs) But there's, yeah, multiple times a day. Oh. Yeah. Your sweet little baby boy. That's it, my baby boy. I feel like I have to start giving people a little warning. I started listening to a podcast where they just have the cutest Southern accents. And so I'm just going to throw out some y'alls and sweet baby boys. (laughs) And you just need to know that that's going to happen and accept it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. And I always sometimes uh, when I'm in the academy, right? Okay, you got picture me saying this in a Lori voice. So, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes I wish I had that legitimate Southern reason to, to talk like that. But uh, one day, one day, maybe. And what's so funny is because when I talk to other people, I'm like, I sound like them. I don't think I sound any different. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it's, it's just a cute, it's a cute little hint of Southern. <laughs> So I got to get my friend Christy on here. I've talked about her before about how Southern she is. And y'all think I'm kidding. I am not <laughs> kidding. She is a hoot. And I have got to, yeah, I got to get her on here somehow. If nothing else, I'm going to get her to do a recording, just talking to her so I can play it for y'all because you'll be like, good Lord, what'd she do? Come straight off hee haw. <laughs> Well, you could you should have heard you of the um, the little Nacho Kids Academy uh, <laughs> a little announcement. I, I think that'd be more appropriate. So that's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell her yeah. to do that. Yeah. So talking to you, I really want you to go back through the boot camp and do it with by a mom. Okay. Because. I really feel like you will feel even more weight lifted off your shoulders once you can disconnect from her and her choices and realizing that you got to let it go. Yeah. It is, and I hate this phrase, it is what it is, but Mm -hmm. you can't change other people and you can't live your life hoping other people will change because you think they should. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the thing I struggle with is I know she's not going to change. I think what I worry is that everyone says, oh, the girls will figure it out. The girls will figure it out. Well, maybe they will. But you know what? There's a really good chance that they're not. 
that's their mom. And so you see, especially kids of trauma or traumatic parental relationships, it doesn't matter how bad that parent treats them. They will go back and they will go back for more and they will go back for more. And so I guess that's what, yeah, I'm going to have to boot camper. So, But it doesn't matter about how they look at their mom. You are planting seeds of joy and happiness with them. I hope so. They may never appreciate you like you feel you should be appreciated or it may not be for 25 years before they do it yeah but the thing is when you talk to them in 15 20 years you're like you know i did have influence on them you'll see something one day they may not come out and tell you thank you for being an awesome stepmom thank you for doing all the things my mom didn't do because they're not going to see it that way yeah, I don't think I, I'm looking for the appreciation. I guess what are, where I need to find peace is knowing that she's just always going to have this space in their heart that will never be filled by another human being. And not that I'm looking to fulfill that, I think. I think it's just more of, you know what it is, is I have my own complicated relationship with my mom, but I were after many years of therapy is I came to peace that she may not have been the mom that I needed, but she was the best mom that she, she was doing the best that she could on a daily basis. And she sacrificed herself a lot. And, and I can recognize that. And again, we have our issues and she wants more of me than, you know, than I can give, but I, I can recognize the, the sacrifice and all of that. And I just hope that they, my own stepdaughters have this realization that their mom's choices are not okay. At some point, they figured that out. (laughs) Well, and like we said, they may and they may not. And they may realize that y'all did what you thought was best for them, even when they didn't think so. Right. But you can have more of an impact on them than their mom could ever have, but she's still mom. Mm -hmm. And we can't change that. And I feel like if you focus too much on the relationship they don't have with her, it affects your relationship you have with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the the natural way that I have to do and essentially I nacho what are my triggers. And if it doesn't trigger me, then that's okay. Right. And that's what people need to understand about the nacho kids method. It's not just ignoring the kids. It mm. is identifying your stressors and figuring out how to deal with them or your triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe what it is too is, is I, I get hung up on. So these, these things that I need to nacho seem really petty in the grand scheme of things. I, oh, the way they eat their food. I can't stand it. I just want to be like, you're not animals. Use your fork and your knife, but <laughs> so I'll eat dinner with them if if I can handle, if I'm good with it. And so there was initially that guilt of I should be doing more of this traditional family stuff. And then realizing, and I, I'm sorry, I don't want to give you am, or give David ammunition, but I love that <laughs> this imagery of trying to 
beat a, a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, one day you'll make it fit, but it's going to be broken and it won't be able to be fixed again. And that's that was a, a huge one for me. Of That's what I was trying to do when, you know, trying to make us a traditional family and try to give them what they're lacking in their mom's relationship. And I just giving myself the freedom to let that go has been huge. And my husband notices it. So he slowly but surely gets more on the the nacho bandwagon. He just won't admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that's why I've I got to warn everybody. If you can just not tell them about it until you think that they can handle it, then you won't have to be slyly trying to get them on board with it. So Right. And if you normally take little Susie to school on Monday mornings, but it stresses you out because she complains the whole time, it makes you late for work, it's just a horrible experience for everybody, then talk to your husband and say, in the next month, or by the end of next month, whatever, a month from now, you need to have alternate transportation for little Susie for school in the mornings. Right, right. And if he looks at you like you're crazy, say, look, it stresses her out. It stresses me out. I can't do it right now. I need a break. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is forever. I'm saying I need a break. So go ahead and find alternate transportation for her. So I can step back from this stress and let's see if it improves my relationship with her and the stress level in the blend. Yeah, yeah. If you sit there and go, I, 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 when you're telling them about it, Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, it's all about you. It's all about you. Yeah. So you have to let them see the benefits of little Susie. Little Susie don't need to be aggravated riding in the car with evil stepmom in the morning on the way to school. Right. But you're going to be mad because she's made you late. Right. Or, you know, figure out what those things are. And if you don't mind taking little Susie to school and you enjoy it, have at it. I used to love picking David's kids up from school because they were always happy when you picked them up from school. Uh And and they were funny and we would roast each other and we would laugh and have a blast. Yeah. But now taking them to school? No, because they made Uh me late for work. They were annoying in the mornings. I like quiet, too. The only reason I love picking them up from school when I did was because it was rare. Mm. I wouldn't have been able to do it every day, and definitely not when things were so bad. But if you enjoy cooking, don't stop cooking. But don't get mad if little Susie doesn't eat it. Right. Yeah. And and so I think think I've, for the most part, gotten to a good place with a lot of those. And I think where I get off track with that and where, you know, the the tools you we learn in the, the boot camp is that when I let the... The hatred for high conflict bio mom to just cloud, it just sends me to a dark place. And it's all that goes out the window because evil, evil personal space lover has (laughs) reared her ugly head. And then I sound like my mom where my mom would just start ranting and raving about Mm -hmm. you guys don't do this. And, you know, I'm just everybody's maid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm everybody's doormat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I guess my my other thing is you hit those points and I think you, we have to give space to our partners to to grow to that there may take more time than we we think is appropriate. Mm-hmm. My husband has taken more time to for all of this to sink in. But he if I didn't see those little glimmers of hope, sometimes, you know, I'll read a post from someone and or you hear some of the podcasts where you're just the other partner is not on board and it's in a relationship is in a really really dark place and I'm in no place to ever pass judgment in someone else's relationship oh no I just know that if he didn't give me those glimmers of hope and if I didn't have patience for him to 
come around on his own time that I would I would have probably packed this up a long time ago because it just, well, what do you mean you don't understand? And I've just realized he can only handle little nuggets at a time and he's got to have his few days to process it. And then he comes back to it and he's finally started to, I see things become more consistently a habit, this actual parenting thing mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's not just, oh, he'd do it for like a week and then you know, back to letting personal space lover do her thing. He's more consistently stepping up and yeah, okay. He just had to do it in his time. And because it wasn't my timeline doesn't mean it was wrong. I guess I just, that's my word of hope for all of those who may be listening in a, in a really dark place is that <laughs> we've, we've had many a dark place. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you don't ever have the dark places, you can't appreciate the bright ones. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It it sounds crazy to me to say the permission to not like my stepchildren, let alone love them, was the key to really being aware of, well, I love these little buggers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just how sweet my little spa night was, you know, and that's probably like one of the sweetest things they've ever done. But the way these kids throw around, I love you. They'll come in, go to the bathroom, playing outside. I love you. I love you. Okay, Mm -hmm. bye. I love everything was so forced in my family. And so everyone was used to their personal space. And how much they want to just love unabashedly is just a gift to be aware of when that happens now. So, And you know what's funny is you have that relationship with them, but there's still certain things that you need to nacho. Yep. Exactly. And your nacho and has not ruined that relationship. If anything, it's improved it. Yeah. And when you lower your stress, everything around you reacts. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because, and I think that's maybe like why, you know, the stepmom gets put in this position of conflict of we are just kind of these, I don't want to say leader of the household, but like. The thermostat. Yeah. Yeah. There is just something about that mom figure in the, or that, that top woman, I don't know, oldest woman. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just something that it's just a really difficult relationship to navigate and to be in that role. So mm-hmm. it has been a learning experience and it amazes me how many people have been so, okay. I, I know my parents are still married and I know that there's so many people who are divorced and remarried and all of that. And so just because something's really common doesn't mean that this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It <laughs> is. Like I tell people, they're like, oh, how's married life? Or how's, you know, how's the stuff kids and all that? I'm like, how have I been walking around this earth for so many decades? And knowing that there's all these divorced people and, you know, remarried and, and step relationships and nobody's talking about how hard this is and how and I don't know maybe they were but it's just the reality of it is is yeah I don't know so that's why I I was just trying to reach out and grab anything that would stick and there were a a few resources I found that were you know kind of helpful but then I just started to gravitate towards your podcast and and just yeah it just ah okay this this makes sense this fits for my my blend that you know, this advice. So I am so glad that you found us. Yeah, me too. Because I honestly, I don't think I'd be in a good place. <laughs> I don't know. I would either be divorced. We never would have gotten married. Or I think I might've had a nervous breakdown or something. My moods were off the chain. It just, yeah. Like you just walk in 
to the house. What are you walking into? And yeah, I, I think this works for so many people. If you have an open mind to what you think nachoing means. Right. And you need to learn exactly what it is because if you do it wrong, it's, it's not going to work. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing too, that I was struggling with some concept, oh, guilty parent syndrome. And I just saw there was a particular incident Sunday and I just felt my husband was making a choice that, and I got it. I got why he was making the choice, but then I was just in a mood that this is, I was fortune telling and just that this is going to snowball into all of a sudden now they're degenerate adults and living with parents and all of that. And, and I, so I recognized my aunt that I was fortune telling, but then just kind of stepping back and realizing he's the parent. Maybe they will be degenerate. I don't know. That's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so exactly. And then too, I have tried to tell myself that, okay, if it's not my responsibility that they can like get decent grades and all of that, what I, my compromise to myself is that I have let them know I am here to help you succeed. So, all right, dad and mom are going to be the ones to stay on top of things. But if you have a dream and you want to go after it, I'm the person to come to. I will, whatever it is, but you guys have to approach me about it. Mm-hmm. So, because they are not the kids who I think their their experience has been, don't dream too big because, well, that's just crazy. Don't even dream about that. Where I was all about, yeah, you have a crazy dream, go for it. And life's going to knock it out of your reach on its own. At least dream about it and try a little bit. So mm-hmm. anyways, so that's been my compromise with myself. Yeah. Well, I'm so proud of you. And thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast and sharing your story with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been a little fangirl um, <laughs> experience for me because I kid you not, you guys are kind of a little bit superstars for me. And <laughs> yeah, it's just been a lifeline because I don't, I don't have divorced people in or I shouldn't say I have divorced people. I don't have friends who are step parenting and all of this. And, and so it was, oh, these people get it. Yeah, we get we get it. <laughs> so, uh, and sometimes I have to admit, I feel there's some people that make me feel a lot better too about my situation. So hugs to all of them because I'm like, oh, at least I don't have to deal with that. Yes, definitely. We always have to be thankful for what we do have. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so thank you for having me. All right. Well, you have a good day and keep in touch. You too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, David. All right, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything that you would like to talk to our listeners about? <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Um, make sure that if your sibling knows anything about your past, <laughs> that you pay them off. So they won't never tell your spouse. <laughs> well, I'm just surprised that you didn't tell me it was a lie. <laughs> it's one of those memories I didn't even have until she started talking. I was like, oh God, I remember that. <laughs> so let's just say that David's sister and I and David <laughs> walked around the neighborhood today. Yeah. And his sister made a comment. I'm not going to share what it was because <laughs> thank you. <laughs> everybody loves David and we don't want to tarnish his. My pure white as no, snow image. Yeah. T- tarnish your image. That's the word <laughs> I was thinking of. <laughs> but she tells me this. Or actually, I don't know if she was telling me or just reminding you. 
Well, you also have to consider that she was saying that right after I reminded her of somebody that she dated that she swears she never did. But you still didn't say it wasn't true. I do vaguely remember parts of it. So I'm not going to say what was true and what wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, he has a good point that um, don't let your siblings hang out with your (laughs) wife because they'll tell them all kind of crap. Yeah. But, you know, they've also, they being she, (laughs) she's also come up with stuff before. And I'm like, where does that come from? But that didn't come out of your mouth today. Well, it's partially true. Roxanne. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to put on the red light. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks for listening. That is our show for today. (laughs) I am going to sneak up and choke my sister out. (laughs) Join us next week as we have another fantastic episode. If I'm still here. And remember from Lori and myself that life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.